You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Motorcycle Talk Show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a few minutes after the top of the hour, and we are talking motorcycle racing again today. Welcome to the show. Big program on tap. Open segment at the end, and what we're going to talk about in the open segment one of the topics as it were is the uh, the big time flat track race on friday coming up this week if you're listening after friday obviously you're going to miss the race but let me tell you what's going on you got the peoria tt um what else you got tony you got uh, yeah we had the peoria tt now we've had uh now we're which which always leads into the davenport flat track race right. it's, it's um and it's always the same weekend as the springfield mile so i love the springfield mile a lot of people will make their ride from davenport which is in the at the mississippi valley fairgrounds which is in davenport iowa with quad cities that's a coincidence because a lot of people would hold it in dubuque yeah right so um so there's a giant swap meet over there yeah, from the, the blackhawk chapter they have an, the, one of the best i think probably the best I antique think it's the world's biggest motorcycle swap antique motorcycle swap meet yeah. and and it, it goes on from thursday friday saturday and then our race the one that i that i have taken over john parham started it originally and then matt george has ran it for like 19 years and now i've i've taken it for the last few years this is the 31st annual and it's a it's a true half mile. It's a big footprint it's for a, a half mile, big. and uh, the track is really good. We've got, I mean, they've been working on the track all week. I'm very fortunate to have to have some of the best help around, and and so uh, I get in there tomorrow, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have a heck of a race. We got Chris Carr coming, uh, George Roeder. There's a ton of of really good flat track guys that are going to be there so well let's get into that in the open segment also in the second hour jeff aaron's going to be joining us Corey Grafunder, charlie roberts will round out hour number one rory o'neill is going to be joining us but we start the hour uh, of the program brought to you in part by our friends at evergreen podcast productions a wide range of lifestyle programming look for them on the intranet as it were creative Great production value, and of course you get us the number one show on on the uh, on the list. And I like that, Tony. I like that a lot. You want to introduce our first guest? You know, I was, I was on my way here, and I ran into a buddy of mine, John Limke, who owns uh, GT Race Car Bar, the, the motorcycle, kind of the biker bar down the street, and also Big Tomato Pizza. And he's a uh, track track day guy and, and a big racing fan. And he said, "Who do you have on?" And I said, uh, "Chris Parrish, I know." And he goes, "Oh." That's a great get. And so, um, and he started telling me a story or something, but I was running late. <laughs> but uh, Chris Parrish is a many time we're a champion. And I think he's sitting fifth in the standings at the Moto America Twins Cup after winning the Twins Cup championship last year. So uh, he's got three podium finishes, including a win at VIR in May. And he joins us now, Chris Parrish. What's up, man? How are you? Hey man, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Did I get all that right? I think I think we're I'm correct in all those things I, I just I said. I got lost personally, so 
Uh, after uh, Sunday's race, I'm in fourth. Right <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, you, you uh, talk about your season so far. Talk about you know just uh, being the the uh, the guy with the number one plate and running in fifth. That ain't no fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, uh, it's been really tough. Uh, like uh, Michael Barnes told me over the weekend, it's like as soon as you get that number one plate on there, man, your target. You know, things start going wrong, your season goes south, you know, a couple of bad things here and there, but, you know, a couple of good things. Everything started out really well. Uh, podiumed uh, twice with the second and third at Rose Atlanta, was able to win Virginia. Road America, the engine was hurt, so so bad, and then uh, I crashed it at Utah, uh, had engine problems at Laguna, crashed again at Sonoma, and... Had a fourth and fifth place at Pittsburgh. I did really well this weekend. I had fun. I was just really glad to finish. Good Lord. Did I see on your bike there was like a handful of, of names and that kind of thing? What's the story behind that? Well, I mean, at the Sonoma round, I was actually leaning on the podium. I really wanted the podium, whether it was the second or third. Um, but the battle that was going on in between me, Jake, and Joey, it kind of got out of hand. And I got pushed wide and caught one of the seams coming down the carousel of snow and crashed. So essentially right there, I didn't get a podium. My season was over. I was out of cash. And uh, just had enough cash to drive back home from California to Tennessee. And I don't know, threw a post on social media that, you know, explained what happened. Says, I'm out of cash, guys. I'm done. You know, season's over. And um, my buddy here, Joe Fisher, actually put up a fundraiser. And with the fundraiser and some stuff on uh, PayPal. I mean, I've, those guys were able to raise over like $3,000 and they got me back into the season. So the best payback that I can do, I had nothing to give but just to, you know, repaint the bike, fix it, and put everybody's name on there that donated. And uh, they rode around with me at Pittsburgh. It's pretty cool, actually. I think that's, and, and, you know, obviously people didn't do it to get their name on the bike, but, you know, everybody that did that got a little tingle out of that. That's, that's, uh, I mean, I you know I have my own logo. I'd like to I'd like to have my logo on your bike. It's my face, <laughs> and it's not very flattering picture. But it uh, <laughs> is that possible? I've never seen somebody's face on a motorcycle. Yeah, I, I sponsored uh, Jason Thomas when he went over and did the ISDE over in Italy or somewhere. I don't remember where it was. But I didn't see a picture. Yeah, front fender tip. That's me. I'm hmm. big well, old well, ugly. Spe- speaking of face, uh, <laughs> at the beginning of season, I started my helmet campaign, which actually just people will put their logo on my helmet and they would just buy me a set of tires and it, it's gone really well. Well, Chris Ulrich actually come to me at VIR. He's like, if I just put something on your helmet or, you know, he says, if I bought you a set of tires, I can put something on your helmet, right? I was like, yeah, man, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Uh-oh. So he, he shows me this picture of some sort of funny face that he did. I can't remember how he described it. And it was the hilarious thing. So the, I mean, he was working on getting the stickers made, and uh, and uh, the old man, John, jumped in and was like, don't do that, you know. <laughs> like, don't do nothing like that. Just put Road Racing World on there. Oh, <laughs> man, that'd have been way cooler. So I got this... Yeah, uh, I wanted him to. I'm like, put your face on there. Let's do it. <laughs> so I was uh, a little heavier by about 70 pounds last year. You look good, dude. I got to tell you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I had this this bell open face bell helmet that's way too small for me and i squeezed it on my head and i i smiled and like my cheeks were like sticking out of the hell it's hilarious picture right and it's kind of become my my logo um and they 
I had I've probably had 300 stickers made. They're all over. The, they were all over the fair when I went there. Every tip jar had my name, my face on it. Um, uh, 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 Justin Brayton's mechanic texted me and said, "I just saw." A picture of because I had bigger stickers too, and he said, "I just saw your face going down the interstate in North Carolina on somebody's trailer." <laughs> and I live in the Midwest, right? So it's uh, that's a little weird. I, I think it's funny, and, and I would like to have my face on your bike. So we'll talk after the interview, and we'll. What we'll, does that cost, we'll Tony? Broker, uh, what are you willing to put forward? Well, that's the thing. Uh, not very much. Well, what if we but, had him uh, on the show? If we had him on the show to promote him? Oh, he's pimping you now, Chris. Hmm. What do you there think, you Parrish? But I'm. I'm serious. I would like to have my stickers on your bike, and I will send you the stickers. Do we and have Do we have pit pad stickers still? I think we do. No, I think we burned them all. Oh, right. you know, wow! Wow. At, at this point, I'll take uh, anything I can get. You know, some people, you know, you know, pledge to like twenty five, fifty bucks, you know, each. Oh, uh, we can you do know, better than that. Up. I think I've got like over forty names. What if we so. send you ten bucks and a roll of black uh, black hats? Uh, no. I sell black hats too. Yes, <laughs> I, can some, I can send you some fireworks, Chris. I mean, it wouldn't get you to the track, but it'd be a lot of fun when you can't make it. You What's at least the get kind to... of gray tape that you use on duck work? Duck tape. Duck tape. So I've got a roll of that in the back of my. Is that a trick question? It was apparently. Okay. Uh, in the back of the Cadillac, I've got a roll of that black tape. We could send I'm them sure that you do. and ten bucks. I'm sure you. Why do you have that duct tape in your trunk? Because Scott, it's in the Cadillac. body shop right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, Listen, I think it was the trouble of mailing. I got black duct tape, and I'll just write your name and stick it on the bike somewhere. How about that? Get your sil We're silver sure. sharpie, and you can just write Scott on there, and that'll be good to go. <laughs> all right, the Twins class has produced some of uh, the closest racing across all Moto America classes. Now, that's this season. I think it stepped up from last season. Would you agree? It has absolutely stepped up. There's a lot of there's a lot of us more involved, and you know the the bikes are getting a little more equal. Some are a little faster than the others, and then you know the talent range is a little different. But yeah, we we're definitely putting on a, a really really good show for everybody, and it's it's amazing how many text messages and just Facebook <laughs> messages and just comments and people go like, "Dude, this is the best race ever!" You know. Right. You guys, that's the reason why we watch now for for you guys. What about the shenanigans at Pittsburgh? I mean. That whole race was chock full of shenanigans. Oh man! I mean, we all have different opinions about that. My opinion <laughs> is, is you know, it's it's. You know, I'm just I'm 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 an older guy. I'm a little bit heavier. My bike's a little down on power. You know, and it's all resulting back to Drake. Drake's a you know a young kid. And he's really light, but he's on a really really fast motorcycle, and then he's just using his right hand to a to the advantage of, uh, you know, getting his podium finishes, you know, he's like the motorcycle is, is really, you know, repairing his mistakes that he does in turns. He, he's, I, mean, I swear he's like a bus driver. He parks that thing in the, in the middle of a turn and, and we can't go anywhere. And I understand that it looks different on TV versus what we're seeing on the track. And he parks that thing and, you know, then we find our way around him and then the, I mean, even at Pittsburgh and even at Sonoma, Drake was behind me and Chris Turner coming out of the last turn at both tracks, five to six bike lengths behind us, and he squeezed the throttle on that thing, and he beat both of us to turn one by more than ten bike lengths. That's how fast that bike is. Well, okay. So, so were you throwing some gang signs at him, or what was the deal there with the hand gestures? Was that the... <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure anybody that's a racer understands the frustration it's just 
basically the get out of the way type of wave gangster mm-hmm. sound. Yeah, why not? Let's throw a gangster sound. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'm sorry, but let's clear up something. We're we talking about the Drake. Drake Beecham, yeah, I love Drake. Of course, yeah, we had him on last. Were you here? You were gone last week. No, I was recuperating you were last week the, from the bats and the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> a long week, long story. Uh, Chris, Drake, you know, yep. he's a good kid. He is. He, he, we like him. We like Drake, and and uh, you know, he's sponsored by my attorney actually here mm-hmm. in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, did you get a calendar this year? I did. A calendar? Yes, a Drake Beecham calendar. N- no. Wow. Does, does that exist? Yes. No, it doesn't. It absolutely does. Second year in a row. I've gotten a calendar and a thank you note. I don't believe you. Separate mailings. Uh, two left. Two rounds left, Chris, in the in the season, Jersey and Barber. You, you think you got a win in you, and, and uh, how do you get along with these two tracks? Uh, well, Jersey, I've only been to a couple of times. Uh, I like it. I can get around. Barber is my track. I've got one of the fastest times around there. However, you know, this year alone, uh, our times around the, every track we've been to has been one full second. So even at Pittsburgh, we were four full seconds faster than any other time that's ever been at these tracks. So all of our games have stepped up. All the motorcycles are so much better. So we'll just have to see. You know, I've, I've got a kind of an idea. Got a plan. The last few rounds. I'm working on it this weekend, and uh, we'll see how things pan out. I want to go back to um, talking a little bit about what you're talking about with Drake. But what's the deal with Chris Turner? You and Chris Turner, what's the deal there? Well, Turner Turner's a little bit more of an aggressive rider than I am. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gotten up there and battled with Drake. Uh, and, you know, Turner's the same exi- position I'm in a little heavier the bike's a little bit slower so we're just trying to we're trying to work our way to get around Drake and then it, you know then Drake goes back around us and we try to pass him again it's frustrating but Chris seems to be a little bit more aggressive on his emotions <laughs> and um, than I am I, I would just rather what does that mean Tony anything but so what does so that mean when he's more aggressive Upsetful. Not plugged Maybe. in. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. What if we put you, Tony and I, put you on the DDP yoga uh, <laughs> program? <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page is a friend of ours, okay? More so mine than, than Tony's. He didn't like me that much. He did. I don't think he did. What if we did that? Because if he can bring Scott Hall back and, and other former professional wrestlers. What and Jake say? the Snake. Don't Jake forget about Jake. Snake is he Robert. still sober? Oh, yeah. He's doing okay? Yeah, he's doing great. Yeah. Does he still have a snake? Uh, yeah, that was actually a prop, Tony. And, uh, the well, it was real. It was obviously real. Creeped me out. I couldn't even, my mom and I couldn't even watch that. It's when it scary. Was, it's it was scary. bad. I remember Jake the Snake was the scariest, and he had the... His mustache was cool, but definitely the and the curly and mullet the back thing. Hair. Yeah, oh. the mullet, the curly mm. mullet, but the snake. Creepy but what do you out. think if we put you on that program? Could we knock a few pounds off, like Tony? Number one, increase uh, the motorcycle's performance because it's not hauling around as much weight. Would you be in? Oh, well, I mean, absolutely. Um, I mean, right now I'm I'm five ten, walking around at 165 pounds. Holy cow! That's pretty light. You know, for my statue. Statue or so, stature? 
That's your, that's your there. Okay. I'm a redneck man. So from Tennessee, so are we. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like from Kentucky. We can barely spell. Okay, Tony. <laughs> last two questions before we're out of time. Okay. Um, well, I just wanted to comment that we are racing on the east now, so that's mm. got to make life a little bit better for you, a little easier than than them long hauls out west. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, the, one of the good things about the West Coast round is that uh, Zorn and Reno let us, uh, you know, crash our van and trailer there, and we flew in and out. So it saved a lot of time and cash that way. Yeah. Do you? Um, uh, uh, have we ever talked about Ghetto Customs? I don't think we have, think as far so. as yeah. your company. And is it just motorcycle related? And and talk about that for just. We don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to give you an opportunity. Absolutely. No, Ghetto Customs. I've always done. Um, paint and body work on, you know, whether it's car, motorcycle, lawnmower, you know, whatever it is, a mailbox. So I've always painted stuff, but I've gotten into making my own body work for my bike. And uh, for the second and third gen SE, people are starting to like it. They're starting to buy So, and I also want to get into building 400 body work, the Kawasaki 400 for the uh, Junior Cup teams next year. Oh, wow, that'd be so. cool. A lot of those get thrown down the track at the track days, so that'd be perfect. You, you'd be absolutely. <laughs> you know, good work. I can change it. I can change it a little bit to make it mine, but still be stock. Sure, to still fit the class. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, Chris, we're uh, well. I've got to get there to the end. The season is winding down. I just want to confirm: Will we see you back in the twins class in twenty twenty? Um, so I didn't really have an idea, uh, going into Pittsburgh, but I think I have a, a decent idea of a team next year. So, so what are you uh, saying? What, what, what would you like to commit on the program? I'm not going to commit a hundred percent, but if anything, you'll, you'll see me at one or two rounds next year. I don't know about a whole season. Okay. So you'll, if you'll see me out. If you do, would you commit to coming back on the program and letting us know live? Number one, number two. Would you custom paint one of Tony's uh, bikes? And he's got 28 bikes that we know of. <laughs> not, wow. all, not all titled, but we've... But oh, no. no I definitely ride them around and wheelie through the hood on them. So Ghetto Customs would be perfect. perfect. Something custom, something that both of you could agree on. Would you commit to that? Absolutely. Okay, Tony, you're in. Yes, sir. That's the purpose. Be careful. I come I'm to Tennessee in, often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay hey man i've got uh you know you can't go to a bar or any restaurant around here without hearing music but i've got you know a couple of really nice uh you know dive bars that are perfect for uh for us to hang out and talk uh crap or whatever so come on now man well tony you you work well in tennessee you hang out with loretta and yeah i go down to where, where do you live in, in tennessee chris i'm about 20 minutes east of the airport it's a little little town called uh, Mount Juliet. Okay, at which airport? Well, the Nashville International. Oh, Nashville. Okay, so I come to Nashville a fair bit. I go. It's on my way yeah. to. Uh, it's it's a good halfway stopping point from here to Florida. So yep. we. It's a good spot. Plus, I love, and I know you probably don't because you live there, but I love going down on Broadway and hanging out. And we, uh, I race Loretta Lens. I go there for the spring ride, which is in. Do you like to ride dirt bikes, Chris? I can ride a dirt bike, sure. Would Would you be interested in riding the uh, doing the spring ride with me next next? Uh, yeah, if it doesn't conflict with with uh, your Twins Cup, your little road racing thing that you do, 
I even have dirt bikes yeah, well, I can bring for you if you like. So you'll bring a trailer okay. full of dirt bikes. You'll bring yeah. a motor home. Yeah. No, we'll stay in a cabin at, at Loretta's. Nice. Yeah, so we'll go to oh, uh, we'll go to Nashville. We'll I have can some ride dirt bikes, but sometimes trees and jump get in the way and it hurts a little. It too, does. It, they do. They bad, do tend so. to move on you. But come there's right the out stream. There's the stream you can you can jump into, and uh, when when it's warm. It's a little sweaty. A little hot, a little cool in the, in the spring ride. But we did we did just finish up racing Loretta's, and it was actually it was the best weather I've ever seen for a national. I was kind of bummed because I thought I was in shape, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's not going to be hot because I'm, I'm racing the old man class. Turns out I wasn't that good of shape, and I was glad it wasn't hot. Now, come on. Give yourself some credit. I mean, this is the best shape you've been in in years since you were like eight or nine years old. That's not saying much, Scott. Okay. Hey, Chris, oh, I, I always good. I how hot it was. I mean, here in Tennessee, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it could be 95 degrees and it's 100%, 100% humidity. Right. And it's miserable. Yep. Oh, God. Well, it's 100% humidity here in the studio on this particular day, but we'll get rid of it. Hey, Chris, always good talking with you. Big thanks to Tommy Boy Halverson for the outstanding uh, assist on this particular interview, but it's uh, uh, something we look forward to is getting to talk to guys just like you. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Twins class, uh, will he regain the title in 2020? Will he make another run at it? Well, we'll see. When we come back, we'll have some 450 motocross news. The 2019 Ironman took place. Who finished in first, second, and third? We'll tell you when we come back. Stay tuned. This is Nikki Diamond with Nuclear Cowboys, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than 
and on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. My name is Corey West. I'm an AMA Daytona Sport Bike Racer. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen family of podcasts. We appreciate you tuning in. In studio, Tony Wink, Scott Casper, PJ Duran with the week off, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson contributing, Jack and Leanne DeLeon making sure we sound halfway decent on the air and on the internet. So I uh, want to thank Chris Parrish, by the way, if you missed that interview, it's fun. You know, I really, I listened to last week's show that I missed, by the way, uh, laying in bed as I was recouping. Recuperating from the bats, the bats and dogs. Bats and dogs. Yep, bats and dogs. I think I know where the bats are coming into the house, Tony. Did you get it sorted? It's not necessarily all sorted, but I think I know where they're coming. Now I need to hire a, uh, a craftsman. Uh, to compound nails into a board maybe an exorcist <laughs> jack you busy <laughs> jack? i can show up whenever you want me wake to. up jack <laughs> wake up jack you never right. know when he's gonna throw us oh there's a woman in the background yelling at him <laughs> well the only Perfect. one that matters Perfect. all right let's go back to last saturday the iron man 450 results let's get into it tony you want to give me the top six well i mean not a big surprise eli tomac uh, he went 3-1, but he got the overall with Kenny Roxon in second with a 2-3, and then Zach Osborne in a 5-2. Eli had already had the thing, the uh, the title wrapped up, so he celebrates it with yet another win. Uh, we heard rumor that he may ride a two-stroke. I think that might have just been a rumor because he didn't do that. But um, that would have broken the internet for sure if he showed up on a KX250. But um, he and Kenny Roxon celebrated with a celebratory uh, Coors Light chugging on the podium, which I don't know how I feel about that. I think I'm getting old because I just thought, and I know Rory O'Neill's on and he's going to give me a hard time, but I just don't know if that's It cool. is a family sport. Well, they have Monster for a sponsor with yeah. with girls dressed in latex. So I don't know how how family it is. I mean, it's, but, but Coors Light can't sponsor a rider. So maybe they got like a free 12 pack out of the deal or something, but. Um, well, they have to have something to shake and spray, right? <laughs> but, yeah i guess uh, uh spray. the the champagne yeah yeah so yeah. there we go we could dig ourselves in deeper by the way justin barsha in fifth jason anderson in sixth and rounding up the top 10 dean wilson benny bloss marvin muskin uh and, and by the way Poor i was Marv. yeah i was i was a little bit disappointed for marvin not in him but for him 
uh, one and forty in the finish on that hot KTM four fifty. You know, it just um, it bothered me a little bit because he has such capability, such quality riding ability. And then Frederick Norn uh, out of Sweden finished with a ten ten in tenth. Oh, Freddie. Yeah, let's go to uh, real quick. Let's go to the. Uh, 250 results, if you would, Tony. Yep, Dylan Ferrandis went 1-1 on his Yamaha. And then uh, Cooper, Justin Cooper, also on a Yamaha. And Adam C. and Cirillo. However, it was the uh, pro circuit that went ahead and got the number one plate. So high five to Adam for uh, getting that done. And, and um, yeah, Mitch Payton has to be relieved. What's the think. difference between third, in this case, and second between Cianciarello and Cooper? Uh, you've got a Kawasaki, obviously, that went 2-4, and a Yamaha that finished above that with a 3-2. Um, is it is it just sheer power? Is it set up? What is it? Reiner. Mm. That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Age, experience? AIDS? Age. Oh, age. Yeah. I thought you said AIDS. I'm no, like, I hope nobody there has that. Wait, yeah. There are skinny. Who knows? Here we go. Uh, Chase Sexton in fourth. Michael, um, it's, and I have a problem with this because I see an eye in there all the time. Moseman uh, in fifth. Alex Martin in sixth. You know that young man. R.J. Hampshire in seventh. Shane McElrath in eighth. Garrett Marchbanks, which is a really cool name, in ninth. And uh, Cameron McAdoo. In, the uh, Iowa boy. The Iowa boy out of Sioux City, Iowa on that hot KTM 250. So congrats to everybody that did well. Those of you that have something to build on, good job out of you. The 250s are in the books. And uh, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the MXGP of Sweden. We'll have the results of the MXGP and the MX2 results A lot of crashes well. in that race. A lot but of Let's get to our guest. Let's do that, shall we? All right. Uh, my buddy, Rory O'Neill, will join us now. He's on the Evo team, the, uh, what do they call it, Team International Air Hammer, who I, I was very fortunate to be able to be a guest, do a guest appearance at Farley Castle in 2014. Sarah and I went over there and had a blast. Thank you, Rory. And um, once a year or so, we have him on the show. He's getting ready to go back over there. So I thought, hey, Rory, let's have you on the show. And he He's gracing us with his presence. Roy, what's up? How are you? What's happening, Tony? Thanks for having me on. What and, are you doing and, today? And, are and you, Scott, by the way. And Scott, yeah. yeah. Oh, and Scott, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> the, the guy that throws you the uh, curveballs. Yeah, Ron, Ron Burgundy <laughs> of radio. Uh, oh, thank you guy. very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when do you guys take off over there? Uh, Friday. Oh, great. So good timing. I bet you're excited to see your woman first off. Yeah, that's a, that's always a plus. But I'm gonna put her to work. She's got bikes to build with me for for three days before we actually head over to Farley. So, so where do you something to do on these old bikes? You know? Where do you meet? Uh, in Dublin, in Ireland. Okay. So half the bikes are in Dublin, and the other half are in England right now. I got you. And then, um, how do you guys get them over there once they're once you get them assembled and everything? Do you do you put them on a on a boat? Well, yeah, basically what we do is I'll build them at my house or I'll build my ones, my half of the team, and uh, run them up and down my street for five minutes, make sure they run good, take them all apart, put them in a box, and ship them on a plane. Sweet. They go air freight usually. And then uh, the other two are in, in in England. Like one of our guys, Lee Jackson, is building. Actually, he's turning one of them into a water cool bike. It's pretty cool. Oh, really? kind of goes against their name, but uh, – it's a pretty cool project he's doing. The bike is, is really cool. Team International Liquid Cooled Air Hammer. Team International H2O. Yeah. H2O. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Farley Castle is 
is uh, the vet motocross this nations. And uh, I just saw Ricky Johnson canceled. He and his wife aren't going to make it. They're too busy or who I knows saw that, yeah. who knows what's going on. But I saw Dave put that on, on the social media. But this is a who's who of, of who was. I mean, it's, um, you know, there, there's it's incredible the, the people um, that have raced it. I know from experience and just from talking to people that they idolize the motocross, the American motocrossers of the 90s over there and 80s, 80s and 90s. And uh, but that's not the only ones that are a big deal. There's there's people that that raced, um, you know, over in Europe um, their whole career and raced on the the motocrosses nations as well as our riders, you know, so that guys that raced each other back in the day. And I know some of them have fun with it. Um, I saw Dubach at uh, at Loretta's this year. He and I talked about it a little bit, but it's can you kind of for the people that don't know, kind of explain that event because it's it really is an incredible thing that they've done over there. Yeah, it's pretty cool for the likes of me. That's just like a dude that likes dirt bikes and races dirt bikes, not very well, but has fun with it and kind of loves the history of the sport. It's great because you can go do it. You can line up with, with someone, you know, like Dubak that won Supercross back in the day or Gordon Crocker that raced Grand Prix not too long ago, or guys that were world champions, AMA champions, you know, a few years ago, Graeme Irwin was, on the Grand Prix circuit, and he he raced it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like, I guess, motocross racers from all walks of life on the same gate together, and it works out really good, I guess. At the end of the day, you kind of see where you stack up against, like, the best in the world, you know? But uh, Sure. If you're Tony Wink, you get, you know, your top 10 guy, which is, I mean, that's pretty impressive to, to go to Farley and get a top 10 against the names you're riding of, and you've done that, you know? Was I top ten? Yeah, I think you finished like eighth or ninth overall. Oh wow! You were top ten every moto, even the one you got in the fight in. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Frenchie tried to even... Frenchie tried to put it yeah. in on me on his KX five hundred, and yeah. I was hot. I was so mad, yeah. and I'm I'm like I remember I stepped on his motorcycle and just. <laughs> yeah, you got all Alessi with it. I was like watching as a team owner slash manager. I'm like, oh no, that's my guy. Like, and then. <laughs> You got back up and started charging. I was proud of you again. and kind of forgot about all this stuff for a minute, you know? You know, um, I uh, I was 70 pounds heavier then than I am now. I really want another crack at that 490, and I and I will get another one um, and, and be ready next time. I really would like to ride my CR500 over there, but I don't have I, the wherewithal I, to I, put I it all what together. What? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know what a CR500 is. I I know YZ490, Tony. That, that's what I know. The YZ490 is, you know, it sounds like a big motorcycle. It feels like a mini bike. And if you can get the thing to work properly, you can cook on that thing. It's piece not, it, yeah, a piece of crack. Well, that's that's what uh, Brock Glover said when I told him three or four years ago that five years, man, it's been like almost five years that we were over yeah, there. 20, 2014 was the year you came, yeah. So who's on your team this year? Uh, this year it's, uh, Rob Stringer, who, you know, he kind of filled your spot after you decided you didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> that and isn't what happened. Back in. <laughs> we yeah, had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Like, like that's an excuse that, I mean, come on, you got to do better than that. Then and I'll, then I just, I just need an invite. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, I'll talk to Stringer this year, see if we can steal his, your bike back from him. Okay. But, um. Then there's me, uh, Lee Jackson is number 112. Then Mossy Drennan is on there, the Irish John Dowd. And then Joanne is racing in uh, Twin Shock under 50. 
Nice. Like he's, he's not riding a 490, but he's part of the scene. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's cool, man. I, I uh, And I don't think you give yourself enough credit because you say you're just some guy that likes dirt bikes. You work in the industry. You you have an, a really incredible story how you came over here and, and have made your way in the United States and because of your motorcycle fan. I mean, it's, it's really – and we could do a whole – you know, we don't have time to get in all that, but I just, I don't think you give yourself. Dude's a honey badger. He's a honey badger. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. That. You say you stack, you see where you stack up against the best in the world. And I believe when I was down at Loretta's last, this, well, earlier this month, I believe that I raced against the best plus 40 year olds because Mike Brown is got to be the best plus 40 year old there is. And if anybody thinks otherwise, they need to line up at Loretta's. But well, my question Brownie. to you. Brownie was at the Donations or at Farley Donations last year oh. and the year before, and you know he won the thing. So, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, Brownie is, is he's, right up there. He's a, he's a phenomenal rider. He doesn't get slower. That's for sure. He's it's crazy. He doesn't age. It's it's, it's incredible how he how good he is and super nice guy. But I want to ask you: Do you think Mike Brown belongs at Loretta? And this isn't a loaded question because I like him being there. But do you think Mike Brown should be racing? in the plus 40 class at Loretta Lynn's. Yeah, I mean, why not? He's plus 40. You know, I mean, it, I'm plus 40. Do I want to race against Mike Brown? No. I'll still do it, but I kind of feel like, oh, man, you know, you haven't got a hope in hell when you when you race against a guy like that. But at the end of the day, the rules are plus 40, and he fits in there. So, so what's what you're – you know, what- let me let me see if I can boil this down, Tony. What you're saying is unfair because he is such a high quality racer and has so much more talent than you do. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't say it was unfair. In fact, I like. I mean, I I lined up against Ricky Carmichael in the plus thirty five and and Scott Sheik and a bunch of guys that I watched on TV and I thought it was really cool and I didn't do near as well against those guys, but I wasn't prepared like I was this time and and and. Uh, you know, to be truthful, I'm I'm I plan on going back there, and I have an I have a plan, and I know how I'm going to get to it to do a lot better than I did this year. And the trophy for third place compared to the eighth place I got at Loretta's is like an inch and a half bigger. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. You could spend endless amounts of time and money to get ready for that if you're me, and it wouldn't make a difference. It you know, as far as at the end of the day, you do it because you like to do it, and. And if anybody's really that worked up about having to race a guy that's that legit, then they they're doing it for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. But I don't there have has my been, record books here. How was Mike Brown as an amateur, and how was he as a young pro? Dude, that guy's still real. He's still a top fifteen for sure at an outdoor national. Do you disagree, Rory? No, I think I think he's right there because last year at Farley he was on a five hundred and. I wouldn't call Brownie the quintessential 500 rider, but he still smoked dudes that were racing for, you know, pro two, three years ago. Right. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's incredible what he does. But, hey, Rory, I know um, we're out of time, but I know it's a big deal to your for you to the, the, the support that you get at that team. I know you get a lot of support for that, and I know it's it's important to you to be able to give them a high five on the show and Amen. and give them the uh, the the accolades that they deserve. Yeah, because without those people like we we don't get to do what we do. And that's the honest truth about it. Like the team is way more than us riders and me and Paul. It's all the people that that make it happen like you know Keith at Yamaha and Nathan and Wiseco people. I mean, Wiseco people are phenomenal to us and 
you kind of helped with that in the beginning, so thank you for that. Well, um, t- Tony's a wise co guy all the way down to the core. Well, why wouldn't you be? They make excellent products. They do. Mm. They, you know, forge clutch baskets, they've got those. They've got so much. As a matter of fact, this portion of our program brought to you by Wiseco Performance Products, a full line of forge pistons, precision forge clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forge connecting rods, valves, and everything that Rory needs. Honestly, look for Wiseco online at wiseco.com. Thanks for giving them a big shout out because they do so much and get so little credit. And I'm talking about Wiseco, but uh, Rory, that's very kind of you to do that. No, I mean, they're very kind to us. You know, you, it, it's a two-way street. It is a two-way street. And, Tony, you're on one side. Obviously, Rory's on the other. Way to bring him on the show and, and, and beg for your spot back, though. I thought that was very... What I want to know, though, is, Tony, like, you've, you've lost some weight, but it seems like, to me, like, you've lost a little bit of confidence, too. Wow. Like, I remember I remember being at a dealer ride with you, and we were sitting in sand, and John Dowd was there. And you're like, he was scared. I'm going to go run Dowd down. It wasn't even like, I think I can. It was like, <laughs> going to happen. And, and you went after him. And I'm like, wow, I like that guy. <laughs> Not much has changed when I get up. When I put my helmet on, I'm yeah. I'm a full idiot still. So now, I got it. Now you're crying about Brownie. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm, I'm not crying, Rory. I, I, <laughs> he's he's my friend. I just had the guy on the show. He's my bud. I I, I, I think it's, I'm a fan. I'm like, I, I'm not a fan of a lot of racers. You know, I mean, I am, but uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's the best thing yeah, about I, the I show, though. That if you think about it, we get to have on the people we that have the we best admire. in the world. And, and it's like, how did Rory get on, by the way? It just, it was, yeah, that's a good question, Scott. <laughs> Team Hammer, we're gonna run out of time. We gotta hit a break. <laughs> All right, hey, thanks, I had Rory. To give him a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. You send me one, and I'll stay home. How hey, about that? Say hi All to right, Joanne man. and everybody, and, and good luck over yeah, there. Be careful. Uh, Coming I, up, I need to give a shout out to our man, our team manager Nick Tommy. Nick, it keeps this team together. So, go tell him we awesome. said hi. As a matter of fact, uh, get us his phone number, and we'll get him on the show as well. There you go. Thanks, guys. Roy, right, yeah. thank you very much. Charlie Roberts coming up next. He's in the pits waiting. This portion of our program brought to you by Race Tech. Clearly, the science is suspension. They've made a difference in Tony's life and his race career. They can for you as well. Nearly thirty years. Racetech has been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves, and they do make a difference for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. Look for them online at their website, racetech.com. This is Andrew Short, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports and enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 
1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble lightweight XT250 to the racing-to-ride performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. This is number 40, Jason DeSalvo, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. It's a Steve Miller kind of night and a Steve Miller kind of day as we salute one of the great artists of our time. I want to let you know I uh, was very excited to do the Wild Rose Casino commercials this week, Tony, because uh, they said uh, you're going to do Ozzy Osbourne commercials. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Little did I know when I got to the studio, it wasn't just Ozzy Osbourne. It was mini Ozzy Osbourne. So it's the short one licensed by Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, The commercials were equally as good. That's awesome. Just half the time. They have a mini kiss, too, that I'd like to see. I've seen them, and it's a joke. It is. Okay. It's a joke, yeah. What are you going to, you know, maybe mini... Mini Ozzy bites the head off of a mini bat or something. Hey, you've got bats at your house. You can probably help him out. Speaking of bats, you can find Yamaha's Sea-Doo, Can-Am, and Beta, KTM, and Polaris all under one roof at Hicklin Power Sports, where they remain bat-free in Grimes, Iowa. See the friendly staff in Grimes, including our good buddy P.J. Duran. They're at the counter, one of the counters anyway, and find them online at HicklinPowerSports.com. They are having an everything-must-go sale on used product. Make sure you get online. Check it out. Tony, next guest. All right. We've got a big event coming up this week. Two big events, actually. We've got the Davenport Vintage Half Mile Race and then also Springfield, of course. The mile where we heading over there Saturday and Sunday. But two fellas that are going to be also at both those events is Charlie Roberts and Chris Hawkins. And they are with the uh, rookie, well, the class of 79, we're calling it. And they run the Bull Tacos and the Astros. And we, we, uh, we welcome Charlie and we welcome Chris Hawkins back. He was on last week and we welcome Charlie Roberts. So hi guys. How are you? Hi guys. We Doing need, great. Glad, yeah. glad to be a part of this. Yeah, we're going to need both of you to talk at the same time. <laughs> so if we can. So let's start with uh, Charlie, because Chris, you're old hat. We've had you on. Uh, <laughs> old news is old news. Charlie, okay. so the, the the I want to talk specifically about this class that we've got what they were racing this uh this weekend it's new for me it's the astro new for davenport the astro class tell us what it is though if astro just saying astro doesn't tell me anything so describe what the astro class is how about we flip it up how about i talk about astros and charlie talks about the charity 10-4 does that work does that work for you guys sounds good to me okay so uh, a quick little history of the Astro. It's probably the most iconic sportsman bike to ever come out of a factory. Um, you could buy the bike on Saturday morning and literally be racing it on Saturday night. Where it kind of came from is uh, a gentleman by the name of Mike Kidd who was riding for Pioneer Equipment Company out of Tennessee and basically went and dominated the Astrodome. And Juan Bulto was there, and they basically boxed up his bike and sent to Spain and copied it. Now, it was a, for the most part, a champion frame with a Bull Taco power plant in it. One of the unique things about these bikes, when they first came out, the first 10 of them, uh, Mike had a bent left side foot peg, 
and the first 10 that came out had bent left side foot pegs. It wasn't a design feature. It was just something that Juan Bolto said, I want to match exactly. <laughs> and that's where the bike, that's where it came from. I'm fortunate enough to have one of those. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, I kind of tucked that away. I came across the number one bike years ago. Chris Carr doesn't have to ride that bike, does he? No, he does not. (laughs) (laughs) That bike bike actually sits in uh, St. Louis. Art Randall owns that number one bike now. Oh, wow. Um, uh, They they made them through the 70s. As we all know, that uh, um, when when Spain lost their dictatorship, when Franco went out of power, Little Taco basically ended up going out of business. And I think these bikes laid dormant for decades. And then there was a group of us that just kind of started building them back and started racing them. And, you know, we're, they're iconic. Chris, Chris, can you tell probably, us why Franco going out of power would, would, uh, would close down a motorcycle company? Well, uh, Spain, Spain was a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And they dictated your trade practices. So when when um, Bader was their suspension supplier, and the way he had set it up is you have one suspension supplier, and that's it. Well, Bader went out on strike, and Bultaco sat there with bikes with no suspension on them okay. and without the option of being able to change manufacturers or sub-manufacturers for their suspension. I see. So they ultimately went out of business and I will say the Japanese had caught on and um, had really begun to surpass them in technology. That was about the time the revalve came out on these bikes, monoshock came out and Bulkakos are not real sophisticated bikes. They look cool and they ride fantastic, but they were built on a dirt floor in Barcelona. Did, did, did the monoshock change the not just the look but the performance of motorcycles as we know today? Your yeah, estimation? Yeah, it changed the geometry of it all. I mean, the way you're able to deliver power to the race to the uh, uh, back tire is completely different. And you don't ride it. Look, look at all of them now; they all run single shot. Yeah, of course. And you don't ride the same. You know, you don't ride a bike that way either. I mean, it's 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 obviously the travel and everything. Um, but I don't want to run out of too much time. I want to We're talk. We're going to take these guys to the top of the hour. You okay, get all the time that you need. Okay, great. Uh, I'd like to welcome Charlie to the conversation and talk about Class of 79 and how that fits in with what Chris is doing this weekend. And I know, Charlie, you have a bike, too, that you're bringing up so uh, or over. Um, it'll be. Uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Yeah. <laughs> a- absolutely. And something – how the charity came to be in 1979 – Myself, Scott Parker, who went on to be nine-time Grand National Champion, was Chris Carr's uh, factory teammate. Wayne Rainey, who went on to be three-time world champion. Ronnie Jones, who is also an AMA Hall of Famer and the oldest uh, professional flat tracker to make a main event. And he's made a main event now in five decades. Um, So we were all rookie experts. And at that time, in 1979... Being a rookie expert in professional motorcycle racing was the equivalent of being a an NFL rookie and coming on the draft or a or an NBA rookie. And American Motorcyclist, um, there were like three different magazines that did articles on us, and it was called the Rookies. And uh, we were one of the most highly anticipated rookie classes to come along in the sport. And from the results that I told you of Scotty and Ronnie and and Wayne, we lived up to that expectation. 
Well, in 2009, Kenny Roberts rode the famed TZ750 on the Indy Mile. He won it in 1975, and it was one of the greatest moments in flat track racing history ever. And so in 2009, Kenny got back on the TZ750 at Indianapolis and rode the mile. And that night, the people that wrote the original article on the rookies, um, they did a new article called The Rookies, Where Are They Now? There it is. And it had been, it had been 30 years later. Mm. Well, we all came together at Indy, um, and they interviewed us all, and we got together and played a game of golf. Imagine that nine-time national champion Scott Parker won the game of golf. Some money, tra- some money traded hands, um, and he threw the money in the center of the table, and he said, let's do something. Well, we had all been affected greatly by motorcycle racing, and we all loved it. We'd remain friends. So we formed the rookie class of 79 uh, charity for injured riders. We are now, this is our 10th year. Wow. 2019, 10 years, $2.1 million in benevolence Oof. to injured riders in our sport. And part of the, part of these earnings have come from um, when I met Chris and I got an opportunity to ride a Boltaco motorcycle. I raced Yamahas as a kid because my dad was a Yamaha dealer. So I raced Yamaha motorcycles. I wasn't very impressed with Boltacos because I always won on my Yamaha. Well, I was asked to ride one, and I, you know, I'm like, do I really want to do this? And I hadn't been on a motorcycle in 25 years. Well, I got on it in the first Astro, um, what they called Astro Cup. I think I got six. Um, but it felt really good, and we were riding with Chris Carr and Joe Kopp and you know, some of the top guys um, that had come along after our generation. And I was like, damn, I'm still pretty competitive. Well, <laughs> the sixth the sixth turned into a fourth, then a second, and I've won the Astro Cup the last three years. Wow. Well, between between Chris, Paul Covert, and myself, we come up with the idea. Actually, Chris and Paul said, hey, let's do something for this charity because the charity was growing. We were making difference in people's lives. There was a lot of interest in the Boltaco, so we came up with what was called the Rookies of 79 Astro Invitational, where our goal was to pit former national number flat trackers, again, Chris Cars, Joe Kopp, you know, Lance Jones, Kenny McDonald, stars from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and put these guys on these iconic vintage motorcycles and kind of like a race of champions. Because when we come to the racetrack, last year at Springfield, we had 28 Astros. They all look very similar so it's kind of like walking through i don't know if you remember the irock series where they run the camaros where dale earnhardt and mark so so the fans come down and they look and they're looking at chris carr and steve moorhead and joe cop and all these stars of the past of our sport and they're all on these beautiful vintage motorcycles that all look pretty close and it has really taken off um People like it, and they like to watch it. Now, one other thing that I wanted to add, when you guys were talking about the Astro, something that I'm very, very proud of at this point, at Atlanta, Georgia, in March, Davey Durrell and myself, lap times, were within two-tenths of a second of the factory single riders, which are water-cooled 2019 
KTMs and Yamaha monoshockers. Oh. And Davy Durrell, who is 54, I don't know, and I'm 58. 58. And our la- Dave's a month older than me. <laughs> okay. And our lap times are two-tenths of a second off of 18-year-old factory riders, and we're on 45-year-old air-cooled 360cc two-stroke. So as as antiquated as they are, they're also very relevant and still very... What the deal was is it was like, it was kind of like the perfect storm. When they created the Astro, it was so far ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. So it is still, they still use the basic geometry as far as the pivot point and the steering head angle from the Astro to set up current race motorcycles. So it, it's still pretty amazing for, you know, for a 45-year-old bike. But, right. Guys, we're, we're going to run up against the clock if we don't get to it. There is the element okay. of raising funds for the charity how do we do that i know springfield plays a big part of this because you're going to be auctioning off uh uh, the number plates right yes sir and we had actually talked about possibly doing that at davenport if the fans were into it and we 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 get all the riders to sign them after the event um and if there's enough fans there that have the interest we'll do it right there at davenport but uh i love it um and uh like I said, there's going to be we a heck of a good... Well. Sorry to interrupt. We always try and pass the helmet in the stands as well for the uh, uh, class of 79, as well as Charlie will talk to you about them. Hey, we'll, do, we'll do whatever you guys want us to do. I mean, Is it a stinky helmet? What's well, a fairly new helmet. <laughs> Because we don't want no stinky helmet, and I'm not passing nothing if it's stinky. <laughs> so you know, my helmets stink bad. Yeah, but so I'm you're the, not using I'm one of mine. I'm the primary announcer, so by God, it's my decision. You can sit in the motor okay. yeah. Scott has just established himself as the primary announcer. Yeah, well, it's been that way since the beginning, <laughs> and he well, is. <laughs> well, we we certainly appreciate the opportunity to come ride at your event. Um, I raced in Davenport in the '70s and '80s, and and had some pretty good success there. I'm certainly looking forward to getting back on the Davenport dirt. And uh, I don't want to don't want to uh, make too much of a prediction. But like I said, I'm not coming to get second place. I'm coming to <laughs> I'm I'm coming to race up front. That's what so. I'm talking about. It's awesome, Charlie. It's always uh, good to hear from you. God bless you. Appreciate the effort. And give us that total number again for the charity. What you guys have raised so far, are raised so far. $2.1 million in 10 years. And just real quick, people can go to rookie79.com. There's three or four different riders that we're currently raising money on that are injured. Um, they can make several different types of donations and look at the memorabilia. And then at Springfield this weekend, we're having a charity extravaganza at the Ore Building on Saturday night okay. where we've got hundreds of pieces of merchandise that, and a live auction going on. So make sure, that helps also. Make sure you bring me an info sheet on that so we can promote it several times throughout the uh, the event, okay? Will do. God bless you. Chris, Thanks, guys. thank you. Up against the clock, guys. Charlie Roberts, Chris Hawkins. We'll talk to you this coming Friday in Davenport, Iowa. How about that? Okay. Stay tuned, fans. We'll be back. Hour number two of the big programs coming up next. Jack is pushing us. We're saying, hey, let's continue after the top of the hour. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires. 
starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. Hour number two of the big program up next this hour. You know, we've got some great guests. We'll tell you about that in a minute. This is a portion of the Evergreen Podcast production system. Check out our friends at evergreenpodcast.com for diverse and dynamically curated blend of creative programs with a wide range of lifestyle programming, including motorcycle racing. What? Yes, you can do it. We are their number one rated program, and there's a reason why. We get great guests. We have outstanding hosts. The primary host is really good. Speaking of that, Tony Winks in the studio, yours truly, the primary, Scott Casper, and uh, PJ Duran with the week off. Want to thank Eddie Kunekamp, as always. Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson are uh, contributing to this program, as they always do. want to thank Jack and Leanne DeLeon for making sure the program not only hits the Internet, but also hits the radio waves as part of our effort to promote this sport. All right. Uh, big shout-out to to uh, Eli Tomac. I know it's been – he already had the thing wrapped up last week, before last week's race at the Ironman, but he went ahead and just did a 3-1 for the, for the overall – finish to what was a point spread tony I, I don't even know off the top of my head the point spread between eli and kenny roxon well i mean he had it he had, he had it, it wrapped up the, yeah i mean he and then adam Cincerillo in the 250 class he had he had to dnf basically to not win the championship and he went 2-4 which got him a podium spot in the last race which gave him the title so kawasaki is on they're back on top all right so let me back up to kenny roxon because if you recall, it's been what two and a half years. Okay, horrific crash. Horrific crash. Yes, we. I. Some, some question whether he's ever going to walk again. Truly, but all right, man. I, I, his arm injury was nasty, and and I, 
you don't walk on your hands, but I don't. But uh, his, <laughs> yeah, okay. But his arm injury was was really gross, and I did not believe that he would come back. Right. As I didn't think he'd be a contender. In, it's in, called professional athlete rehab, is what it is, and it's tremendous what's going on in North Carolina, California, in all sports. We're seeing people who are injured tremendously come back and be even better it's like the tommy john surgery you have on your arm if you're a pitcher uh when you come back and you're hurling five to ten miles an hour faster in really? baseball maybe yeah. i need that I, you should get two or three I of could, them i could start playing baseball well you I, should or maybe i need it for my throttle you know i need a wrist kit on my right arm yeah that way i could go faster i could just buckle it in just a wrist kit i just put it in my wrist and i'd be i'd be as fast as corker funder or somebody maybe hey if you missed any part of hour number one you missed chris Parrish, rory o'neill and we finished the hour uh with the fascinating conversation with charlie roberts and chris hawkins and why is it uh, important well tony this friday what happens this friday will be the 31st annual it's an event that i took over a few years ago and it's in davenport iowa right it is the vintage and if you're not a flat track fan, oh, that's boy. okay. You should come watch this event. If you're within within uh, driving distance, it's it's on the way to Springfield. So we're gonna we're gonna do that on Friday. There's probably the best antique motorcycle swap meet in the United States. Definitely one of the best. The boys from uh, what's that show? That Frankie Fritz and those guys. That, Frank is gonna uh, come help us uh, with John Parma. What is that show that they do? American, it's called American Pickers. Pickers. Yeah. yeah. So. So those guys go, and there's there's people from Japan, Australia. It's really incredible. And Australia, there's a lot of of uh, he Corey just hung it's okay, up. It's okay. He's done. He's like, I'm not waiting. I'm not sitting it's through okay. this. It's okay. So go ahead, Frankie uh, Fritz. Yeah, Frankie Fritz, and it's a uh, man. The the event is super cool. In the half mile, we've got Chris Carr coming. We have. Um, uh, George Roeder, uh, there's a bunch of uh, – Davey Durrell, they just talked about him. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's – Talk uh, about the John Parmore the, uh, that, that you came up with, basically. It's it's the Lifetime Achievement Award. So John Parm is is uh, the guy that originated this event 31 years ago, and we know he died of, of lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, he, 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 he had a lung removed and a transplant, I think it was, and, and then uh, eventually passed from it. But he was sick for a while. Um, we, um, it's, uh, it's, it was a tribute to him. I think John made a big impact on the motorcycle industry. He had the, uh, JP cycles, the mail order that, which was kind of, you know, for, it was like the JC Whitney for motorcycles. And, and he did a really good job of, of, of doing that and, 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 uh, kind of revolutionizing the industry before the internet existed. You'd actually order out of a catalog. So, um, it's, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, important. He, he also is very passionate. He had the motorcycle museum in Animos, Iowa, the national motorcycle museum, which is a big deal. I think we have Corey back on good. So, um, yeah, so John made a big impact and, uh, you know, we, we, we were going to, I was excited to work with him on that event. He passed the year I bought the event. So, um, it, uh, it's something that I've worked with, with, uh, Mark from the museum and also, uh, John's wife. So Jill. yeah, and and I'm and I'm I'm I haven't announced who's going to win that award. I'm going to do it that night at the race. I know the guy's going to be there, so it's going to be a big deal. Okay, let's go to our first guest of hour number two. He is Corey Grafunder. Corey, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Were you just tired of waiting while we go through the pre-show uh, or pre-hour uh, intros and all that? <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd just leave for a minute. And- you know, come back when take, you're ready take, for me. Take a smoke break. I appreciate the uh, <laughs> oh, you smoke break, huh? You, you're Canadian. <laughs> Burnout break. Burnout break. 
How's it going, man? It's going real good. Talk about enduro cross. Um, yeah, it was it was a really really good weekend for me. Um, pretty amazing to win heat one. You know, it is only one of three heats, but still, I've never actually won an enduro cross. So to be out there and just beat everyone straight up was pretty amazing feeling. You're, uh, I don't know if you're in a bad area, but we're having a little bit. Of, we kind of got what you said. You said it was awesome to win a race. Um, but if you if you're driving, maybe drive to the top of the hill and park if you if you don't mind, or or uh, go outside off your porch or something. But uh, um, Corey, when you're leading a race like that and you win a race like that, talk about the, uh, you know, just the feeling like holy crap, I'm going to win this thing, you know. And if you hadn't done it before, it's a feeling that takes. I would imagine it takes some getting used to. Yeah, you know, I've I've led and, and won tons of races over the years. Of course. Never an Endurocross, so it's it's definitely different, you know. Um my first time I went to Erzberg, I basically whole shotted it and was leading. And it was kind of a similar situation as that. Like, you know, I'm just riding a dirt bike, but <laughs> Now there's all these extra emotions showing up. Right, right. Well, you know, let's go back to how it all started for you in Endura Cross. It was 2009 when your star really started to shine, and I don't know if you felt it. Uh, obviously, the industry did, but Endura Cross has been forever changed. How has it changed for you and the balance of the field since 2009? Oh my God, it's gone, gone round and round in circles. It's yeah, there's, there's been many different varieties of enduro cross the, the formats change the the tracks have changed the competitors have changed um yeah it's been there's been highs there's been lows um you know like earlier this year it was it was gone essentially so um it was pretty awesome to at least have some some races this year but you know this year was all new again with the three motor race format which i really liked and I think the fans liked, and pretty much everyone I talked to over the whole weekend uh, really enjoyed it. You know, you got to see the top riders out on the track more times. The the racing was more intense, I think. You know, Enduro Cross is really hard. And doing a 12 to 15 minute main event, by the time you get halfway through that, everyone's tired. Smoked. And I, <laughs> I think the racing, the racing shows that, you know, everyone kind of goes into a little bit of a conserved mode. And, you know, with a, with a seven-minute race, everyone's just going all out the whole time. So I think it was really exciting. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's a it's – a, and it's no surprise, you know, that Perinard's back involved in it and, he, and Hammock is, is, uh, is with him as well, uh, Todd Hammock. Um, they are – you know, Eric Perinard, of, of course, he's the guy that come up with, with Enduro Cross and, and uh, the U.S. Open and um, the, the – Super uh, King of Bershey race, um, the, uh, or you know the Paris Supercross. Um, there's there's so many things that he's come up with that are just brilliant. And I know he probably doesn't hit a home run in every one of them. He's involved in the, the Tennessee TKO TKO knockout. Um, but everything it seems like everything that guy touches is just it turns to gold. And, and I was really excited to see that he and and Todd had uh, brought Enduro Cross back. You know, of course it's it's presented by Fox because Pernard is is uh, you know he works with Fox, but uh, that guy is is really, um, you know, really well respected, and just seems like he if if enduro if a if a race is in trouble, 
pass it to Eric and he'll make it work. And we were really confused and bummed when we heard that Endurocross got bought out by a guy and then all of a sudden the new group says, ah, it's done. You know, they couldn't secure the sponsorship or whatever. And I think, I know there's circumstances that you can't control or whatever, but I think it was kind of irresponsible for, for that other group to, uh, to commit to something and not be able to produce, you know, it's, it's, uh, if you don't have your sponsors in line ahead of time, maybe, or, or extremely deep pockets, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. So it kind of put everybody at jeopardy, but, but now you guys are all back. You've got Taddy Blazuziak, which has serious star power. Um, and I'm curious to hear Taddy of, of old versus Taddy today. What was that like? Is he, is he still as badass as he's ever been? Um, is he showing his age? Cause he's, he's no spring chicken now, right? Um, I don't know. He, he looked pretty fit in, in my opinion. Um, you know, there was a, a time back when he won all of his titles that he was just flat out on an, another level than, than the whole field. You know, he, he figured out that Endurocross thing long before everyone else did. And he really couldn't do anything wrong. He would, you know, last place start, he'd still win. It, it didn't really matter. But in that time, you know, especially since he's been away from America for a while now, I think all the rest of us have, close that gap you know uh colton and and cody have definitely been leading the charge with that they've been at the front of the pack and you know the rest of us have just been trying to keep up every year we improve and and they improve and everyone gets better and the you know everyone just gets better so i don't know if what taddy was expecting i don't know if he was expecting to come back and and dominate like he did before but i think he had a little bit of a rough night um, a lot of guys did. So. <laughs> was the track like it was before? I mean, is it is it uh, you know that you guys just blitz everything now? Whereas before it was more, I don't know, like a methodical or, or eh, that's not the word to use, but it was more uh, calculated. It seemed like you could watch and he's like, okay, this is what he's going to do. You guys just blitz everything now. It's really impressive. Yeah, back in the day, it was more just about accomplishing the obstacles you know if you could just ride a lap and make it through every obstacle and not make a mistake you're doing great but not anymore like you either have to jump everything or hit everything wide open or you know charge through everything the suspension settings have gone ridiculously stiff in enduro cross just because the pace is so much higher and we're hitting everything so much harder um the, the track was a lot different you know it's it's a long ways off what we had 10 years ago. We didn't even have water there. So, you know, that, that changes things completely. No water this weekend. Yeah, it was all dry. Um, the, the night started off and they had watered the track. So there is a little bit of a moisture out there and it does track into the rock section. So it was a little bit slippery, but, you know, nothing compared to when you have a two foot deep pond and sure. dirt bikes splashing into it and water dripping out of skid plates around the whole track and, you can't even imagine hitting the log at anything but 90 degrees. <laughs> what do you think of that? Do you think it's better without water? Um, I don't know. It's, that's a conversation that we've all had for years. And, you know, I think it does. I think the racing's a little bit more competitive because you're not so much just riding on the edge, the edge of falling down or sliding out the whole time. You, you can trust the track. You can trust the tires. And you can push the limit a little bit more. Um, I think it makes us look a little bit better in that regard because we are charging and 
yes. pushing. You know, when you're when you're riding around on eggshells, it, it kind of looks like we're going slow. Well, we are going slow because we're almost falling down because it's so slippery. So it, I think it does make for more aggressive head-to-head racing, but at the same time, it somewhat takes away from you know the people that can deal with those slippery conditions better. I think it it does too. I think the people we we don't have a clue how hard it is when, what you're doing out there and how slick it is. So it's like you watch it and you're like, well, you know, it's like a supercross track. You can't imagine how steep those jumps are until you do like a track walk or something. If you get, you know, and if you get up on it, you're like, and when I managed a team, we would go to the, it was, you know, we would, we'd be doing track walk with the riders and, and they'd say, hey, we're going to jump this to here. And I go, and I just look at it and I go, and I wouldn't say it, but I'd go, there's no way they're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> the, and and I've been around it and raced my whole life. I raced arena cross. I mean, I've been, you know what I mean? I've been to every supercross at one point in a season. I know as well as any fan, I know the sport. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm on the track. There's no way they're going to do this. They're taking a speed bump basically and jumping a mountain. They're not going to do this. And second lap, they're all doing it. You know, even the slow guys that don't make the show are, are doing it. And, it, you know, and, and so Endurocross, I got to believe, in a lot of regards, is, is is similar. You know, you're you're doing stuff that we just can't even imagine. And if it's slick, it's just not as impressive sitting up in the stands for the fans. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, there wasn't really any big jumps or anything too crazy this past weekend. But, you know, in the past, we've had tons of obstacles like that where, like, just like you're saying, I'll, I'll do track walk and look at a double and go, man, I... <laughs> I, re- I really don't want to do that. <laughs> that looks a little dangerous. And then all it takes is one guy to do it in practice. And then everyone goes, all right, I guess we got to do it now. Sure. Corey, you've been injured, I know. Um, I-, I think, I mean, you had a couple injuries, if if my memory serves me correctly. Um, Broke ankle in 2018. Yeah, yeah it was been, an ankle or something. It's been a pretty rough, like, year and a half for me. I uh, started at Last Dog Standing in 2018. I flew off a teeter-totter. And came down and yeah, pretty much destroyed my ankle, broken, yeah. dislocated, had surgery and pinned the joint back together. And it was like eight, nine months mm. before I was back on the bike from that. And I'm still feeling that sitting here talking to you right now. But <clears throat> since then, you know, I, I was back on the bike for about a month and then just out trail riding in the desert and hit a route going down a road and flew over the bars, broke my pelvis, bunch of ribs, wow. shoulder injury. So it's, yeah, it's been rough, but I've been back on the bike now for a few months and, you know, feeling healthy and feeling strong. I uh, posted something on Facebook. I know that Corey, you'll want to see it, Tony, you and the rest of our listeners will want to see it, but it's a dude on a practice track. Okay. And he's got a, it looks like a 450. I'm not confident, but I believe it's a 450 and he does, uh, you know, a couple rotations of, of the uh, practice track, big jumps, a lot of, a uh, lot of air. His dog is sitting there watching the whole thing. Black lab. Oh, I saw this. He stops. Dog jumps up on the seat and the tank. And he did the jump, and he, like, fully whips the thing. Amazing. Have you seen that, Corey? Yeah, it's um, uh, Pages, right? Oh, well, he knows him. You know the guy. Okay, that, that's what I was hoping the answer would be. <laughs> it was National Dog Day yesterday, wasn't it? That's why I bring it up. Yeah. 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 So I don't have one. How about we, you, Corey? Uh, no, not, not right now. Wouldn't it be cool to have a dog that wants to go riding as much as you do? <laughs> You know, no. when I when I first saw that video that you're talking about, it reminded me of 
a guy at Atalanto Grand Prix that I saw years ago that had a dog that rode on his bike all the time. Yeah. And he had made some type of, um, you know, saddlebag slash <laughs> saddle, you know, thing that had some pouches that is, you know, the dog's back legs went in. He, he made him a helmet with the jaw cut off. So was <laughs> I remember in. that. He had the goggles on. <laughs> and he hauled the mail. I he wasn't no with that dog on. And the dogs do enjoy it. Once they begin to trust you as a rider, right, and trust the equipment, they're not afraid. They're really getting into it. You know? <laughs> I love that. I, I remember do. that. I am. Bought a front-end traction. Yeah. Fr- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Grafunder, I guess. Corey, um, perhaps uh, you know what a two-up is, right? Like two people on the bike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm the dog. I'm still afraid of getting on the bike with that guy, okay? But Corey Grafunder, if it was Corey doing it, I would get on the bike and let you do whatever you want to do. Enduro cross, you'd Enduro get on it. You bet I would. You bet uh, it'd be I a lot would. of fun for Corey. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you got to race. With He's not me a small man. No, I'm He's a, a full size grown man with whiskers and a, everything. It's going to be yeah. yeah. Maybe some circle wheelies. Circle wheelies. Wow. You think you know you're gonna do a one leg drag or are you gonna full on both feet on the pegs? Well, I'll, put, I'll leave my feet on the pegs. You can drag your leg. <laughs> Who is it? Is it um, American Super Camp um, with the what are those fifties? They're not fifties. They're bigger than that. Uh, they brought like two third one one fifties. They do. Have you seen this? Uh, you know what American Super Camp is, Corey? It's a flat track school. No. Okay, so Chris Card, you know who that is, and Danny Walker. They, yeah. So, all right, so they have this school, and they and I've witnessed it firsthand. They come in full speed. They back this one, like a CRF-150, back it in full throttle, and they do a complete donut without putting their foot down, and they're still going the same direction. It's, it's the ins- most amazing thing. It's insane. Yeah. I think I remember doing that on a frozen lake when I still lived in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, it's always good to talk to you. You got sponsors that you would like to mention? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely SRT Off Road, my main sponsor. Uh, Yamaha this year, riding a Yamaha 250F. I don't know how long it's been since one of those have been in Cross, but thanks to them. Uh, Motul, O'Neill, Showy, C Concepts, HBD, Shirai, AME, Seahorn, uh, Skid Plates, CD, Hammer Nutrition, Recluse. Viral, TBT, and uh, Evan's Cool. I want to invite you to give me a description how Motul has improved the performance of you and your equipment. Um, I don't really know. I, uh, I haven't had any any engine issues. There it is. I guess. Um, I think my clutches perform a little bit better, too. What is the average uh, life expectancy of oil? and transmission fluid, in, in this case, uh, clutch fuel or uh, 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 clutch lubricant. What's the average life expectancy doing what you do? Because obviously you are performing on a piece of equipment that isn't necessarily designed for the kind of pressure that you're putting on it. Um, I would probably say like a maximum of four hours on, oil, on engine oil, probably less than that. Okay. Wow. And some Supercross guys are every race, they will change it out. And that, to yeah. me, is amazing. Riding Endurocross, it's it's not that hard on the clutch, you know, compared to, like, motocross, supercross, where 
you're accelerating and you're slipping the clutch all the way through that acceleration, you know, that that's going to degrade the oil a lot. In Durocross, you're not really doing that so much. It's more of a, a pop or a snap of the clutch. So you, right. Um, I think it's actually a, a lot easier on the motors. Not as much heat is generated, right? Yeah. Not as much heat. Um, the viscosity of the oil stands up, and uh, you can get more hours out of it. So there is a difference between a supercross or a motocross and an enduro cross as far as the pressure it puts on the engine and the product that's in it. So I want to give Motul a little bit of a tip of the cap because they've been with you and and many other guys just like you, and they create great products. So Mot- one of the one of the things I really enjoy about Motul is, especially when I go out and train for extreme enduro, you know, out hundred hundred plus degree days and just grinding up canyons and boulders and that kind of stuff. That's when we get a lot of engine heat. And I really enjoy the smell that comes out of the Motul oil when that bike gets really, really hot. There are things like that that I enjoy, too. I love the, the smell of a two-stroke, right, inside of a building. Thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. And I know you do, too, Tony. I like the sound that a two-stroke makes. I just walked back in the room to be truthful. I I missed part We're of this conversation. Talking We're talking about, about smells. Enjoy. Yeah, like smells like, that I like. Corey likes pancakes. Um, okay. I I like uh, you know the the little tree the car fresheners. Sure. True North. There's one I just boom. Really? Try, if you yeah get the True North, it's insanely well, good. If you're gonna try. I have my whole Tony. my whole RVs, my Sprinter van, everything all True North now. Even at home, we got it at home. I love it. True North in my bathroom. Corey, there you go. Uh, a ringing endorsement from Tony. Got it on my 450 Honda. Got it for hanging from the brake lever. It's sweet. <laughs> Love it. Coming up next, Jeff Fair and Corey Grafunder heads to the pits. Corey, thank you. God bless. Be safe out there. There we go. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hour number two continues. We'll have a very special intro to the next segment. So stay tuned for that. We'll tell you why. It has something to do with iHeartRadio. Stay tuned. What's up? This is Brian Deegan, the general of the Metal Militia. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. That's what's up. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-stroke. Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. <laughs> With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. 
It's a fact. The best you've ridden is the best you know. Until you've ridden Racetech suspension, you haven't experienced the best suspension possible. Racetech is the science of suspension for ATV and UTVs, motocross, freestyle, and stunning, off-road, supermoto, road race, sport bikes, cruisers, touring, and vintage bikes, as well as adventure riding. With gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our G3S Custom Series shocks, you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF-R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long-sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Jeff Gibson. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, folks. Uh, the number one podcast on iHeartRadio. If you don't have the iHeartRadio app, okay, you should have it because that way you can listen to us. But we're going to invite you to listen to season two of the Ron Burgundy podcast on iHeart. And here's a little sample of what you might hear. On the Ron Burgundy podcast, Ron asks the most hard-hitting questions. What are your thoughts on climate change? Go. Is it upsetting that you can't fly? Is it hard for you to eat chicken? Let's talk about Pete Rose. Do you ever run into that guy? Because he owes me money. What do you do about the haters? Can chickens have epilepsy? Have people ever thrown batteries or pennies at you? What is the deal with the Philly fanatic? That guy's a weirdo, right? What if they lowered you out of a spaceship? Morgana, the kissing bandit. Was she ever caught? So you hatch out of the egg, onto the field. What was that like? I'd love to see you work with Lars Van Trier. Any interest? Oh, Obviously, boy. I don't know. We'll if be you... back with more right here on the Ron Burgundy podcast. Thank you very much, Ron. Appreciate that. Do check it out. Season two, a huge hit. Uh, it's not for everybody. For example, Tony, I think you love it. Well, I kind of just put up with it, but I no. really don't like it. I, love I it. really do not like I that. Love it, love I, it, love I'm it. man. I still. There are thousands of podcasts out there. I'm afraid to commit to any of them because many of them have. Well, my my friend uh, Lee Habib. Uh, who does the uh, show Our American Stories out of uh, Oxford, 
Mississippi. Uh, it's an amazing show. You can hear it on our sister station, the Mighty WHO, 1040 WHO AM. Uh, you can uh, listen to it, but it's stories of Americans. It's not political. It's not religious. It's just short stories. Some of them, some of them are longer, but uh, you might check that one out too. I, I endorse both programs. All right. Uh, welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass. Uh, we go on a little different uh, t- uh, t- uh, tangent there. Every time you're on. This program is brought to you by just get used to it. it's only been 14 years 16 17 17 whatever yeah. this portion brought to you by fly racing look for fly racing at a dealer near you or at flyracing.com. all right uh we just finished up a conversation with Corey Grafunder. he was uh the boy from up north the canadian friend that lives down amongst us free health care free health care yeah and uh now we're going to talk to one of his bros jeff aaron who is probably the most well-known trials bike champion trials champion 10-time ama national trials champ probably the most well-known trials rider and respected in the country and he joins us now jeff aaron how are you bud how you been i'm really good i'm really good thanks for having me on guys yep you uh you ha- are also an enduro cross veteran like Corey, um and uh you've had a lot of success in that you're currently i think seventh in the enduro cross series which is we didn't think we were going to have an enduro cross series. Now we do. Uh, we talked about that with Corey, but uh, give us your take on the new series with Eric and uh, and and, new and company and the new format and everything. Yep. Well, hey, yeah, that's where I'm sitting after this weekend. You know, I was uh, was happy to go back to racing, and um, I was happy that we have a series. And it was kind of unfortunate that we had uh, just you know kind of some some bad blood get in there and. Uh, kind of mess it up i thought we were kind of going in the right direction the last couple seasons and then uh we just kind of had some mismanagement at the top level and you know our originator kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and and you know is bringing it back and uh it was cool to kind of try something different with the super enduro format which has been going on in europe for a few years so for us let's uh... races basically three main races made a big difference. You know, it was, uh, um, just a lot of work on the riders part. You know, it's all, they're kind of all back to back. There's not a lot of downtime in between the races. And, uh, uh, I gotta be honest with you. I was feeling it here on Monday. That's for sure. So you were sore is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was more intense racing. You know, the, the races were a little bit shorter, but there was more of it and it was, and there was a lot of bar banging. There was more riders out on the track. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun racing, and it was good, but there was more of it. And uh, I think, you know, hopefully people that are sitting in the stands, you know, appreciate that. There's, you know, people they want to come and watch. There was more time on the track. We've got quite a so. bit of time uh, with Jeff here coming up, but I want to go back to the beginning. Give a, Give our listeners a little bit of a tutorial uh, and Tony, that means an education. Um, Thanks, on, Scott. On what a trials bike is, what makes it? What makes a quality trials bike? Well, the trials bike is pretty specialized nowadays. You know, um, they are only 150 pounds. We have super gummy, grippy tires, tubeless in the rear, um, really small and light. Um, almost no seat nowadays. Now it's a decal. Um, over the years, you know, it went from a full-size seat to a mini seat to now it's a sticker. 
Um, but basically, these bikes are specialized and they're made for. I think it's the most technical sport there is. Um, it's basically climbing rocks, logs, water, um, anything Mother Nature can throw at you. You know these uh, basically difficult sections. And uh, over the years, these bikes have just gotten more and more specialized. And uh, I ride a, for a company called Gas Gas, and they build one of the best ones out there. And uh, and guys are using them now as cross trainers for other types of sports because they realize that if I hey if I go out and practice on these bikes that you know this is going to improve my motocross riding this is going to improve my safety and no matter what kind of bike I ride and um, yeah I mean trials is definitely a, more of a European sport it's it's never been huge in the United States but. Uh, it's been my passion since I was a kid, and uh, I did 20 years on the national circuit. Wow! And uh, yeah, trials is a it's an interesting thing. But if you're if you're curious, you should check it out because it's uh, super cool. It, yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely one of the more interesting motorsports out there. So I I, I said that you're the most well known um, trials rider in the United States. Of course, Smagey's had a ton of success this year. He's been very dominant. Um, but I think it's probably the work that you've done with Red Bull and, uh, you know, just you, you've been there for so long and, and when trials, people are still learning what trials is in the United States, which is kind of surprising, but it's still like, you you know, you did a lot of ex, uh, exhibitions, I guess you'd call it or whatever with Red Bull. I know, uh, they had you mm-hmm. busy for a while. We interviewed you probably 10 years ago and we talked about it, but, um, do you think that's fair though, that you're probably... You know the the Ricky Carmichael of of trials riding in the United States. <laughs> well, I'm definitely persistent. That's for sure. <laughs> I uh, I uh, I can't get it out of my system. And I had a really good run at the U.S. Nationals uh, with ten championships, and then uh, I just was there at the very beginning of enduro cross. And you know they were looking for all the guys from different disciplines, and I I was lucky enough to get invited to that. And then. You know, back in the uh, mid two thousands, um, you know, I kind of started to, to hyper focus on enduro cross, and so I did a twenty year stretch on trials, and then I now I'm working on a fifteen year stretch on enduro cross, and I still do a lot of demos and stuff like you said around the country. At I try to be at you know the high profile events. You know, I go to MotoGP, I go to air races, and over the years I've been at all kinds of stuff, and uh, I've become a full motorcycle enthusiast because of it i've uh you know been to road races i've been to flat tracks i've been to supermoto i've been to motocross you know everything and uh basically i i love it all yeah i get it man it's it's crazy how uh and and you're no spring chicken now you're not the old guy but you're kind of getting there right and how old are you jeff <laughs> well I'm racing against the guys that are about half my age nowadays. So I, uh, I, uh, I, I just turned, had another birthday. I just, uh, turned 47. So, uh, oh, you are old. Yeah, I, my bad. I, you I am old. I correct. Yeah. You are the old guy. When, when, when uh, is your birthday? When <laughs> so you? how old is Destry uh, Abbott? August 14, um, is my birthday. And, uh, yeah, Destry and I are about the same age. Uh, Mike Brown and I are the same age, but, uh, um, uh, Mike and Destry kind of always kind of, got talked about at the enduro crosses and I kind of slipped under the radar for a while, but now those guys of, uh, Destry's kind of riding vet class and, uh, and Brownie is out. And for some reason I'm just, uh, too stubborn to quit. So I'm still going. 
I raced against Brown at the at Loretta Lynn's in the plus 40 class a few weeks ago, and I don't think the guy slowed down at all. I really don't. No, he's he still rips and uh and and so does Destry and uh it really just kind of goes to show if you stay after it um you know we can still still be competitive and still have a lot of fun on the bike uh we talked with Corey about the track that you guys raced at the opening round um there was no water on it and uh he he felt like it it would maybe a better show for the fans because you guys can kind of you know it's not so slick and you don't look like you're you know it doesn't look like you're your mortals like like us you know even though us fans have no idea what it's like up in the stands when everything's cut covered in ice but uh, do you think that's the plan for them do you think that's uh, a different approach or is it just the first round they didn't maybe they didn't have the pond ready uh, i think the previous year you know they they did have a pond and what happens is, is like even if the track is isn't super technical you go through the pond you drag it onto the logs you drag it onto the rocks and it's stuff that's like you know, when we looked at we looked at it in practice and said, "Hey, this is no big deal. We got this." And then all of a sudden, you're slipping and bleeding on stuff that uh, you know you weren't uh, expecting to. So it, I think it makes it interesting. I, obviously, I'm a technical rider, come from the trials background, so I, I want to see it um, as technical as possible. But so for me, it was a little bit of a motocross track. Um, it was definitely faster and. Uh, it was fun to ride, and I totally had a great time this last weekend. Um, but it was uh, was definitely not the hardest track I've ever ridden, and I think uh, extreme enduro and enduro cross. Um, that's the novelty of it is uh, is riding ridiculous stuff. So um, I'd like to see it see it a little bit more technical. But uh, um, it was fun, and it did provide some good racing. You know, guys were you know, having to kind of dive in on each other and, and it's kind of a little more arena cross style. Um, so that was cool. Um, it ended up being a good race and it was really cool to watch, uh, the highlights between Haker and, uh, uh, you know, those guys, uh, you know, had a battle to the death at the end there and, um, (laughs) and the, in the third race. So that was awesome and really good for the fans. And I had my own battles throughout the, throughout the night and it was a fun fun event so we haven't we haven't uh, seen taddy in the united states racing for a while what what were your uh, thoughts on his return i think it's it's good for the sport for sure it's it's interesting because i think it shows us where our riders our being the united states our american riders you know size up is he as fast as he was though you know i would say that taddy might be kind of like closing out on his career a little bit you know he's uh he's not as aggressive and as gnarly as he was you know during his peak um but he is still a badass rider and um definitely a threat to to win on the world level and on the u.s level uh whenever he lines up so um i think haker is fast right now and he you know colton can win on the world level and on the u.s level so he's a tough competitor um but but taddy is a really good rider and a lot of fun to watch he's uh he's it's not fun. afraid to stuff it yeah he's not afraid to stuff it in on somebody he's not afraid to jump something first or you know just do do a different line or he's he's aggro and he's fun to watch 
We're talking with Jeff Aaron, a master of the trials bikes, and of course, 10 time AMA national, uh, uh, trails champion as well. Uh, Jeff, can you describe for our listeners, if you've got a six foot boulder in front of you, your job is to get up and over that for points. Talk to us about what you have to do to get your bike, not only to climb it. Okay. So get it in position because you've got to bounce on it from almost a standing stop or in some cases, definitely a standing stop without putting your feet down. <laughs> yeah. You know, trials is super technical and there's all kinds of techniques to get up on obstacles. And I mean, over the years, I've just watched the whole sport just kind of keep going up and up and up, you know, it, during my heyday, you know, we, we tried to push the limits and, uh, and now, you know, some of the stuff that the top world championship riders are doing is, is even blowing me away. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you do a, a big compression on your bike, you know, you kind of, kind of squat the bike down as low as you can right. use this, you know, push the suspension down and then time it with uh, a lot of throttle and a lot of clutch and, uh, use your body as kind of a human spring. Okay. And, uh, and basically, uh, you're, you're preloading and unloading and, uh, and using and timing it with the, the motor and the clutch and, and springing yourself up some of these obstacles. And, uh, between the athletes that are out there riding these things and the bike technology, um, you know, now these, you know, we're, we're climbing stuff that we never thought we were even capable on a bike. Tony, can I do a, follow, a quick follow-up? It's a simple question, simple answer. What is the poundage in your in your rear tire, and why is it important to have or to to have no tube? Um, couple things. Um, I'm using a kind of a special tire. It's uh, it's called a D803 GP. It's made by Dunlop. It's a tubeless rear tire, and uh, we have special rims that kind of accept these tires. No rim locks, and basically these things are bubble gum soft. Um, that's on which bike? A, what's that? Which you're talking about on your trials bike? Yeah. Yeah. On the trials yeah. Bike, okay. Right. Yeah. Yep. The trials bikes. And, uh, yep. You're only running for competition. You're only running about five pounds of air in that rear tire. Wow. And it depends on how, you know, how much you weigh. And also depends on how slippery the event is, you know, like, uh, to be the ultimate trials rider, you got to be able to handle, you know, muddy situation. You got to be, a ha- ha- be able to handle like big grippy rock situations. So, if I was in, let's say, New York State climbing up waterfalls, I might be down to, you know, four pounds. You know, some of the lighter guys might even be like three and a half pounds. If I was in Southern California riding on sandpaper, grippy rocks, I might be like, uh, you know, five and a half pounds or five pounds. Um, but basically, you're running super low pressures so that that, that tire can squat on whatever obstacle you're hitting and just, yeah, just wraps around the. The you know the obstacle and basically just you know it hooks up on stuff that okay. you wouldn't think a tire could even hook up on jeff Aaron, let's give you a chance to uh, recognize your sponsors before we hit the wall here yeah i mean i got tons of people to help me out um obviously my biggest supporters are uh red bull um gas gas um alpine stars um there's tons of them really uh renthal showy dunlop spectro Twin Air, Zip Tie, SXS, Spy, S3, C Concepts, CTI, HBD, tons of people, tons of companies, and uh, super happy to have people that have been backing me for a long time. And does the Red Bull check when it comes in the mail, uh, does it have the logo on it? (laughs) 
Well, nowadays everything's uh, is uh, <laughs> there's no checks, but uh, yeah. Oh, direct deposit. Um, okay. Direct. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> Jeff, it's no, always a pleasure to talk with you, man. We surely appreciate having you and Corey both on in uh, hour number two of the program. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys, and, uh, and good luck to you guys. Continued success. Put something on that ankle, okay? <laughs> right on. This portion of our show brought to you by Fly Racing's Light Hydrogen Racewear. Yeah, you got to wear it. You want to wear it. The new BOA system, that's what it includes. Revolutionary waste adjustment system offers fast, on-the-fly micro-adjustability with a truly dialed-in fit. A simple turn of the dial delivers unparalleled performance. And, Tony, looking at the pictures of you over the weekend, you look good in your race gear. I had fun. I did a TT on Friday night. I was wearing uh, actual leathers, and I rode Matt Burton's old race bike when he did the AMA Pro singles class. That was an experience. I hadn't hadn't ridden that bike before, so it was interesting. I didn't even went out for practice, and it was the first time I was on it. And then took Saturday off, took Charlotte to Adventureland, my kid. And then uh, Sunday I went racing motocross in Sigourney at the Keokuk Expo, just a local motocross. But, man, I uh, I actually led the A class, the open pro class, for uh, about four laps, and then I ran out of juice, and it was a 10-lap race. So, you know, the kid... I was exactly 20 days and 20, 20, 20 years and 24 days older than uh, kind of like Jeff with the guys he's racing. Sure. Only I'm on a completely lower level than him. But yeah, I was almost double the age of everybody there. This weekend, big one, Springfield Mile on Saturday, Davenport at the Blackhawk. You're going to want to be there for that. We're going to tell you how you still have time to sign up to compete. At the Raceway, I'll be announcing. Tony, of course, will be producing, but we'd love to see you there as a fan or a racer. It's going to be a big weekend. We're going to raise money, too, uh, for a very important cause, as we feel, the uh, AMA Pro Flat Track Rookie Class of 79 and Friends Charity. We'll tell you more about that and everything else you can expect in Davenport this weekend. Stay tuned. This is Pit Pass. Hey, this is Jake Holden. Watch out for the Jakeosaurus, number 59. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno
1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hickland Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. This is Davey Coombs, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, interviews right there, Davey Coombs, full of great information. You can talk to him for an hour and not touch on the same thing, and he's he's got great info. Much like uh, our last guest, Jeff Aaron, I really enjoy talking with Jeff because it's things like trials bikes that are, have been big in Europe. It's like Speedway, for example. It's specialized equipment using the same basic mainframe of a motorcycle, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and some of our listeners may not be uh, – you know, as well acquainted with trials or speedway or enduro even because enduro is kind of a secret, you know, as they go through very, listen, you can't always see them. And when you, when you do see them, it's generally on the flat and open. Well, speaking of flat and open this Friday in Davenport, Iowa, it's the third edition of the Tony Wink produced, uh, Davenport, uh, the, 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 the flat track on, on a beautiful facility, by the way, a beautiful track, but you've got some very special guests coming this year. You know, the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds has been very, uh, cordial to me since I've taken this event over three years ago. And it's the 31st annual Davenport vintage flat track races. It's, it's, uh, been coined as the, uh, America's best antique motorcycle flat track race. And it's in conjunction with definitely the best if not one of the best um uh antique swap motorcycle swap meets i saw original evil knievel stuff there yeah. it's it's so cool the stuff and you really need to go there thursday if you're if you're a swap meet guy go there thursday because it it does get picked through but friday still it's incredible amount of stuff come in on friday morning it's a start it's a kickoff to labor day weekend you come in there and you you can't see it all in one day it's so many acres of really cool stuff rusted stuff i don't like vintage antique stuff more than i like new stuff yeah but you have to respect the stuff that's there we actually have a uh for our halftime race and i'll get to the race but at our halftime race we have a mini bike a pull start mini bike race that we're doing briggs and stratton you wouldn't believe the people that are coming out of the woodwork and we'll we'll buy bikes there at the event because you know they're for sale sure they are they are every year people have these junk little things in the back does it run yep Okay, we got a race bike. But it's got to be a pull start. To it's got to be a pull start to yeah. compete. So we've we've got that going on. Um, the race is going to be the thirty first annual. Like I said, it's on the half mile. It was on the short track for a while. Um, when I took the thing over, you it, overwhelmingly everybody said you need to go back to the half mile. That's what everybody wants to see. The board trackers. What's Peoria? 
Peoria is the TT. I understand, but what's the distance around that track? Oh, I... It's not a half mile. You put me on the spot. It's more than a half mile for sure. Because it's... Oh, yeah. It goes up the hill and stuff. Yeah, it's... It's got to be more... It's more of a mile or or more, I would say, but... I would say Springfield is definitely a mile. Well, they call it the Springfield Mile, so I'm going to guess it's close. I think you're you're onto something spot there. On, spot yep. on. And we call this the half mile because it is a half mile, but it's a true half mile. It's well, not a half mile on the the very outer wall. It's a half mile around that thing. And how do people get registered to compete at, in the various classes? Well, at this point, you know, uh, registrations closed for pre-registration, so they just show up and race. I know there's going to be a lot of District 17. A lot of District 22, a lot of Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin. I have, but we did pre-entries. I have New York, Texas, Georgia, Louisiana, wow. Washington, Oregon, uh, uh, Nevada. There's Iowa, Illinois, Hawaii. Missouri. No, nobody from Hawaii. Nobody that I saw. We should get some. We <laughs> sure, um, but it's uh, there's there's a ton of people signed up. I've never had more people in pre-registration. I would say we're probably up. 20% on our pre-registration. And I know there's a ton of guys that I've spoken to. George Roeder, who's led a Grand National champion, uh, led a Grand National race before an AMA Pro race. Um, Chris Carr, who's won many, many titles, who is the king of Peoria, you know. Um, Some of these, these, these older bikes, the vintage bikes that you and I happen to love to look at, and they sound different. They do, yeah. They're, they're two-strokes. That's the thing. We have a vintage twins class. But uh, the thing that you're going to hear down there is is two strokes, and yeah. you're going to smell two strokes, and and uh, you know when the board trackers come through, they have they all have to do a roll and start because they don't have you know they can't stop. So in other words, somebody's pushing them, dude. They it's a crazy cool rumble that you hear. You've never heard anything like it, and and that's a fan favorite, of course. That's one of our featured events. But um, we've got a this year that's new is the Bull Taco Astro. We've been we've been kind of pimping it on the show for the last month promoting promoting okay we'll call it that but uh it's man we've got chris cars racing it davy Jarrell. um there's you know we had uh you know chris uh charlie roberts roberts said he's coming he ain't coming to race for second place so there's it's cool to see the the level of competition that these old guys are putting in and, and these bikes so are friendly. beautiful yeah they are. the bikes are worth so much money and we're these talking guys about are, some of the bikes is my understanding from what chris Carr has told me secretly are worth over a quarter of a million dollars yeah i wouldn't i would not say that's an exaggeration on the board trackers wow some of that stuff is is original and you can't believe how good they they look and they're on basically bicycle tires yeah. and these guys are racing i mean they, they it's you know, and if it were me, I'd be on parade around that thing, and I probably wouldn't even throw my leg over one. Uh, Mike Lang is one of the guys we've had on the show many times. He races that that uh, board tracker. Uh, Brittany oh. Olson is coming. She from she she races board trackers. She's there's, fun. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that come to that and and gals and gals and uh, yeah. So if you're interested in come watching this thing, come to Davenport. It's it's Friday. Um, what time are hot laps? The the hot laps are at like two. The the heats are at four thirty. Opening ceremonies for the for the show is at six thirty, and then the track goes live probably around seven fifteen. And when, when when do I start to shine? Usually around five five thirty. Usually shine on the ride home. I guess you're, okay. That's where you're really. That's why I'm napping. Uh, <laughs> All right, do come join us this uh, Friday, and then after that, it's wheels up. And guess where they're heading? Yeah, Springfield. So if, if you guys want to come with us, we plan on. 
uh, kickstands up about 8 o'clock from the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds on Saturday morning. We're going to go over and watch the Springfield Mile, both two days, doubleheader. It's going to be a big weekend. For Tony Wink, P.J. Duran, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, Eddie Kulenkamp at the balance. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast System. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.